0: Every day in Australia, 200 people will attempt to take their own life. Eight of them, sadly, will pass away, and six of them will be men. We have to reduce the stigma around reaching out for help and letting people know that you're not okay. But we also need to encourage people to ask, are you okay, to others. You don't have to be the one with the answers, but you can be the one to answer the call. and welcome to Flynn's Talk, it's episode 14, here we go, season 2, it's the fourth one in and uh, it's a very special day today but we'll get to that in a moment. I say today, it's the day we've launched
1: the episode, you might be listening tomorrow which is also now today. Jeremy's my co-host, welcome mate. Welcome, thank you for having me after that slightly confusing introduction. I'm just keeping
0: people on their toes mate, keeping people on their toes.
1: It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be back after a couple of weeks of having Dr. Cam... Fill my fill my enormous shoes, shall we say?
0: No, oh, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been great to have Cam, and he's he's definitely become a part of the podcast family. And um, yeah, we've had some some cracking conversations already. Some really awesome feedback um, from Kathy last week, who is a vet that now works as a, a well being um, and wellness coach with veterinarians. So that that's been that's been really great to to see the feedback there and. We're doing some good numbers, Jez. So that's been has yeah. been a
1: plus as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you to everyone out there for actually listening and and keeping us going.
0: There's been some interesting country names starting to register on the downloads. I don't oh, know really? if they're bots or what, but there's some sort of like, yeah, Netherlands. I think popped up. Um, I, don't, I don't know. The Netherlands yeah.
1: is an interesting country name, though. A
0: little bit niche, though. It's like mm. one download. We weren't. We're not here today to give calendar and geographical uh, classes. <laughs> but, um, could be in a spinoff series, Jez. Um, today is Are You Okay Day. And it's recognised nationally around Australia, and uh, they started way, way back. Sort of, I think they're in about 11th or or 12th year now. Um, Gavin Larkin started Are You OK as as a bit of a movement and a a community uh, approach to spreading awareness for suicide, um, suicide prevention. And he lost his own own dad back in the sort of mid to late 90s um, to suicide, and from there, sort of made it part of his life mission to to try and help others. Gav sadly passed away from a cancer a few years after he set up, are you okay? And um, it's an, a pretty amazing story, just his, his life in general. And um, there's a great Australian story, uh, short doco, I suppose, uh, that was done on it um, some time ago. Um, and Gav was Gav a pretty open book. So uh, that that's well worth checking out if you're interested to hear a little bit more about the story. And I guess Jez, how he kind of accidentally started a huge movement um but uh, a lot of people got around it very early on and it became a thing.
1: Well yeah, something that's something that's definitely part of Australia part of worldwide vernacular now this this U OK? message that's that's so simple but also so powerful.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right mate it, it has definitely become a really well-known campaign and charity within Australia and, and is starting to spread further um, abroad which which is amazing to see. So yeah, we thought we'd acknowledge that it is Are You Okay Day today, and um, get a get someone on board to to talk about what this message means and, and how you can ask others and how others can ask you. Um, so we've got a community ambassador, James Malachi, uh, who, who's going to join us, and he's actually a funeral director by profession, and he has seen the ripple effect and the impact of of suicide deaths and and, and what that has on families and, and friends of someone who decides to take their own life and from there decided to join IOOK, and and um, now he's now an ambassador um, going around and, and presenting and, and talking to to corporate groups and school groups and, and all kinds of community organizations about uh, the message. So, I'm looking forward to, to catching up with him again and um, geez, I reckon we should crack open that Zoom door and uh, let him in. What do you think?
1: Let's do it. I just wanted to interrupt before we get into the into the body of this um we do talk about some heavy stuff and if at any point you feel like you need to talk to someone or you need some extra help please call lifeline 131 114
0: well jez we are joined today by a super special guest i'm adding the super in front of the special today uh james malachi is a community ambassador with are you okay and He's joining us here via Zoom on Are You Okay Day itself, um, and we know that every day can be Are You Okay Day, but today is the Hero Day, being September 10. James, thanks for uh, making some time to come and have a chat.
2: Uh, guys, I just want to say thanks for giving us the um, opportunity to um, obviously talk about this amazing day. Hey, look, it is a massive day right around the country, um, and it's about reaching out, obviously, to friends, mates, loved ones, colleagues, and just checking in. And uh, making sure that, you know, they are
1: okay. For those of you out there who don't know and who don't recognize the sound of James's voice, James has been with us for the first two um, iterations of the Flynn's Walk and and was our community ambassador and was really the one who sort of helped us spread the AUK message at each of those walks and He's come to be part of the family, I would say. Isn't that right, Jack? Absolutely.
2: I love it. Seriously, <laughs> and being a head uh, owner myself, absolutely. It's been a sensational um, opportunity to share not only the first event um, a couple of years ago, but just watching this um, event that you guys do each and every year just grow. So it's absolutely phenomenal.
0: So tell us about the pets at home then. Tell us about the dogs. Yeah, so I've got two Moodles, Benji and Ted. They're both nice.
2: from the same uh, litter. up um one's cranky and one's very social
1: hmm. um,
2: and they are 10 now so um and they love a walk we call 10 uh, we call Ted the 10k teddy <laughs> what breeds Uh moodle
1: maltese poodle poodle maltese
2: cross yeah yep very smart
1: oh well they'll be ready for the 10k next year then
0: yeah they will be excellent, excellent. tails you might have to carry the other one <laughs> yeah that's <good. laughs> nice nice uh James, of course, um, today is an important day for are you okay and it's an important time more so than normal times as you know, I can't believe we're still talking about normal and these abnormal times but uh, we are where we are with the coronavirus situation and it's fair to say that now is probably more important than ever that we are checking in on others and asking the question. Everything
2: aside, it is very normal at this point in time to feel very sad or stressed, confused possibly even scared or even angry during what we're actually going through um, in this crisis. Um, As a funeral director, look, I deal with these emotions each and every day when people lose a loved one. But this uh, coronavirus pandemic has obviously profounded and disrupted the way in which we all live and work. And um, there's many of us feeling very understandably stressed, confused and frightened. And it's just important to remember that we are a human. And most of us haven't actually dealt with anything like this before. And I just want to share with you, because I think a lot of people have suddenly found themselves in a very vulnerable uh, position because people have lost their jobs, their purpose, their sense of identity, and also their sense of belonging in a team or work environment because we're all now working from home or jumping on Zoom, Teams um, and all the other communication um, tools that are out there. So we're all getting a bit overwhelmed, confused, stressed and frustrated and angry. But as we all respond differently to crisis, and being a funeral director, obviously I deal with death every day. As we deal in a crisis like this, some of us might choose to distract ourselves um, and try and switch off from what's going on. And while others are seeking constant reassurance from friends, family and loved ones, there's um, obviously others that might go in a different direction. And you have to remember that Some anxiety and concerns are actually warranted because when people are pushed to take that extra precaution like personal hygiene or physical distancing, it's another anxiety and stress that we're also on board. But you have to remember that feelings of worry and unease can be expected during a uh, stressful event, but it's also important to manage our stress before it turns into a severe anxiety or panic attack. So if you are really feeling overwhelmed or feeling anxious more days than not, That's when you need to uh, obviously reach out and seek um, some support. And so this is where I suppose as mates, friends and loved ones um, and everyone that we surround ourselves with, this is where Are You OK? obviously steps in. And I just want you to walk away today, I suppose, thinking, when is it the right time to ask Are You OK? And how do you go about asking Are You okay?" So on top of the, obviously, the... Situation we're in with coronavirus, on top of that, there's stress, there's people caring for other people, just being overwhelmed in general. Obviously, um, education now has come to an interesting um, standstill where people are learning like remotely. Um, Relationship breakdowns, whether you're living together or not, illness and just the financial struggle of possibly, you know, losing your job
0: yeah for sure and and everyone is experiencing it differently part of You okay's campaign across kind of the last 12 months or so has been around trusting the science and can come down to what people say people do or not do and changes in behavior can you summarize that for us and and what it might mean and what what we can be looking for
2: so what are people saying so they could be confused or irrational moody unable to switch off feeling lonely or having a lack of self-esteem and actually concerned that they're trapped or in pain. Um, So what are the signs of what they're doing? They could be having, you know, dramatic mood swings, one minute happy, next minute sad, The following, um, you know, half an hour, they could be really angry. They could be withdrawn. They could be uh, obviously changing their online behaviour. So where they were more active online, they could be possibly um, not doing nothing at all. Um, having the ability not to concentrate anymore. And obviously the change in sleep patterns where they're getting really stressed and concerned about their future.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. So how do we ask?
2: So are you okay? It has a four stage process. And the first question is obviously to reach out and ask, are you okay? And that's where you've just got to trust your gut and go with um, obviously your gut feeling and reach out to them. Because only you know this person you know, that well. So it's about asking them how they're traveling And just being brutally honest, saying, you know, you don't see yourself lately, are you okay? And obviously there have been some big changes in life, so it's just pretty much reaching out and seeing that they are coping. From that, though, asking that question, are you okay? It's about listening without judgment. And for you um, who's listening to this podcast today, you might think, um, you know, what are you whinging about? Um, That doesn't seem to be an issue. But for them, it could be one of five things that is taking them to breaking point. So, you know, they've been redundant, living by themselves, got no money, uncertain about their future, and the dog might have died. And that could have been the breaking point. And there are people that I can um, honestly, with my hand on my heart, share with you have taken their life when they've lost their pair. So it's about listening to them and have an open heart, open ear, just listen to what they have to say and share with you. It's not saying what's right, what's wrong, or this is what you should do. It's about listening and taking on board, you know, their concerns.
0: Well, it, it, it's one of the things we've spoken about before is when someone's experiencing a bad time or a crisis, if it if it reaches that point, is actually it not being about you. It's about them and it's about you supporting them um, and helping them find a way through it. And some, some other time down the track, it might be, about you needing a helping hand or, or a direction. So it's important to remember that. It is. It's not about you. It's about you asking and being there for someone that you know or care about. After you've listened to them, the
2: third stage of the R process is to encourage action. And this doesn't mean that you need to have the answers or the solutions to their problems because credit to you, you've already reached out and asked RUK, Which is a big step in itself. The encouraging action is pretty much by their side and just suggesting ideas, whether it's calling a GP, referring them to the EAP service of their workforce, um, or seeing some professional advice. RUAK U OK is a pretty much an informal service. It's a self-care, informal community service where we just reach out and we're not expected to know the answers. But it's about leading them into possibly other avenues like Beyond Blue, Lifeline and uh, Headspace, or Meds Healthline, where it's a more, I suppose, specific niche and uh, specialist area where you can steer friends, mates, colleagues or loved ones into that direction. And then after encouraging action, most importantly, which can be quite hard in this um, day and age, and by that I mean because we're all so busy, it's just a reminder to check in. Check in that afternoon, the next day, just to see how they're going through um, in terms of the phone call, the follow-up and to see how they're actually feeling. The check-in is the most important part. Because I am an eye-way okay, it's all um, when you're sitting you know, there talking about mental health and going to see, you know, possibly a shrink or a psychiatrist or something like that. So I actually put myself to the test and went to my own GP to have a mental health test. Um, and I didn't tell my GP that I was going for this mental health test. I just wanted to see what the procedure was like. And I can assure you, if you were to do that when you are depressed and in a dark place, it is too hard. You would definitely need a mate, a loved one or someone next to you to support you through that process. And the problem is when you go through and go through that referral process, they will just handball you to, you know, the shrink down the road or the psychiatrist down the road. You've still got to have that connection with that person who you're just about to open and share your concerns with. And you may not even get on with them. You might walk in that room and just instantly have that no connection, or you might just instantly dislike that person for some reason or another. So, the reality is, you do need when you go and have this um, professional medical um, assistance and help, you really got to make sure that you connect to that person because most psychiatrists and psychologists they all deal in a specific area. Um, So, it's best that you obviously go to um, the person that's obviously spe- specialised in that area of mental health and most importantly that you feel connected to that person because if you don't feel connected, I don't think you're going to be reaching out and telling them all, you know, the issues that you've got because you're going to be holding them back.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And also like bringing to the forefront uh, the importance of having a good relationship with your GP but also the fact that once you've been referred to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counsellor, whoever you're seeing, that just because that's the sort of the person you have your first meeting with, it doesn't mean you can't have a different one each week until you find the right person that you find that. um, Exactly. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like a
2: connection, a relationship that you're going to be building with them.
1: Connection, exactly, connection.
2: And the reality is if you're battling some demons now, you might be battling some more demons in five years, at least you know that you'd be able to reach that person because A, they know the situation that you're in.
1: Exactly. The
2: reality is for us all, as we all sit around and listen to this um, podcast, and I say this to um, every everyone that I do a presentation to, is the reality is none of us know what the other person's thinking. Your mind is such a powerful tool that it has convinced you to end your life, and that is so powerful. So when we sit around and listen and look at people thinking, oh, they've got their... Um, shit together, they look like everything's going well and they've got no issues. The reality is we actually don't know what they're thinking. And I want to share with you because we had an ambassador in Sydney um, who took her life last year, early last year. She was an RUAK ambassador. Um, She was a model, a TV presenter. And on the outskirt, on the outside looking in, you would look at her and think, oh, my God, like, She's got the world at her feet. She's got a beautiful apartment in Bondi Beach. Everything seems really rosy. She's glamorous. She'd be the type of person going to famous parties. But in actual fact, you know, she's got some dark demons taking place inside and she took her life. And I want to share that story with you because she was an RUAK ambassador and I just, at the end of the day, suicide does not discriminate. So you can be black, white, pink, purple, gay, straight, Young, old, any age—it just doesn't discriminate. It will take
0: anyone. Yeah, and sadly, uh, Annalise was only only forty-six, and and so much time ahead in life. Um, just sad on so many fronts. And and I, and James, I know that sorry, you spoke at uh, our Flynn's Walk events, and and you and you referenced Annalise's passing um, the last time we got together, which was nearly eighteen months ago now, and hopeful of getting back together again next year, and hoping to to have you again. But to, to lose one of your own um, ambassadors is just devastating. I, I don't think there's uh, there's another word to describe it. Uh, we've mentioned, obviously, that you are a funeral director in your professional life, and, and that has given you quite a lot of different perspectives on suicide passings and, and how that impacts friends and family um, more broadly. From a funeral director's
2: perspective in terms of suicide, it is very interesting, and not interesting in a good way but in a bizarre way because a suicide funeral 99% of the time is always the same and I share that with families because when families come in and arrange the funeral for their loved one who they've lost to suicide I always say to families everyone is going to come out of the woodwork you are going to have people at this funeral whether it's at um, one of the cemeteries at Springvale, Faulkner, Butterong, Altona in a church or in one of our chapels Everyone is going to come out of the woodwork and everyone is going to show their love and support and be there for you on the day, so much so they'll be standing outside in the rain, hail or sunshine just to show their love and support. You won't even be up and move. And especially when we're having this um, service at one of the um, cemeteries, I have to advise the family that you're going to have to book the chapel because the cemeteries and their chapels, they're very uh, strict with their time. So I'm having to convince families that you're going to have to book a double chapel time, because all these people are going to be there showing their love and support. And the family's like, oh, no, that won't happen, that won't happen. I said, trust me, it's going to be insane. Um, And the reality is everyone, you know, turns out or turns up showing their love and support. But the flip side to that is, yes, you might have 150, 200 people at that service, but the person in that coffin who's decided to end their life hasn't been able to reach out to any of those 200 people in that room or the 200 people in that room who are showing their love and support on that day haven't been or seen the signs or trust their gut. It's no one's fault. No, it's not. And that's what I definitely want to stress. It is no one's fault. So this is where IUAK comes in and it is just trust your gut. If you see a mate, a colleague, a family member, uh, the person who makes your copy down the road, if they are not the way you usually see them, reach out and ask, Are you okay? And if they're okay, do you know what? Perfect. Best result and possible. if they're not okay, yeah. correct.
0: The the influx of people and and trust us, we saw it. I, I spoke in front of six or seven hundred people that were, were part of Flynn's life in some way or another, or connected to his family or school, primary school teachers. It was just phenomenal and by me, by by all means, it's the scariest thing I've ever done, um, getting up and speaking in front of that many people and Jez stood beside me and supported me, which was amazing. My point, uh, James, is that we know suicide is the leading cause of death between uh, the ages of 15 and 44. In 2018, it was the 14th ranked cause of death in terms of number of deaths in 2018. It was number one for years of potential life lost. 108,000 years of potential life lost. So if that doesn't tell you we're losing people young to suicide, I don't know what does. And and you, I'm sure, see that in the amount of people who come forward because we know that when you're in those school, uni, early professional life, that's when you're surrounded by so many people. That's when you work in a company that's got a couple of hundred people in it who are going to come out and support your family. If those couple hundred people had the foresight to know to ask or even just now know how bloody easy it can be to just check in with someone with a text message a funny gif sending a photo of a wrestler because you know that friend likes wrestling whatever it might be just to get a signal to go yep no nah, they're all good and if they're not follow it up encourage the action and follow back in and, and make sure they're going okay it sounds so simple but we just need to get people across the, the plan don't we and everyone everyone buys in yeah absolutely
2: and the, reality, the, sca- the scary thing is like when you're um, like when we all go to bed tonight and it's like 10, 11, 2, 3, 4, 4 you know, 5 in the morning, this is when your brain starts playing um, mental games with yourself and this is where you've got to learn to control it and I always try and tell um, people to try and visually just visually try and picture you slamming that negative, like just slamming the door on that negative energy because it is just playing mind games with yourself. And the ones that, on the flip side to that, have walked in and seen their loved one take their life, they're laying in bed, and their mind is now telling them, well, what if I did this, or what if I tried this, what if I um, did this better, or X, Y, and Z, or whatever the case might be. They're then blaming themselves from that person ending their life because they're now playing mental games with their headspace. Your mind is a very, very, very powerful tool. And it's about just controlling it. You're not a weak person um, if you're seeking help or advice. It's about just looking after our headspace, our mind space, and, um, yeah, just being out there and looking after each other.
1: And it can often be a very sort of lonely time for a person going through those experiences, thinking that no one's around, no one cares about them. But it, it can just take that one little thing of a person Who's seen that in them and ask the question to them that can spark that sort of that little thing to get out of that mood and to start listening and to start getting back on track. So
2: the campaign this year for RUAK okay is there's more to say after RUAAK, okay? and it's about you know just getting out there and especially this time that we're all in being isolated, working from home, um, and being I suppose less connected. Believe it or not, because we're stuck at I going crazy. It's about just reaching out and staying connected with everyone,
1: and I think a lot of people can also think, especially the third step, which is encouraging action, they can find that quite daunting if you're if you're about to ask someone these questions, you can think oh what what happens if they say no i I don't know what to do, I don't have all the answers, but it's about it's about going through that with the person and being honest with them saying i don't I don't have the answers, I'm not a medical professional, but together we can Find someone who is find someone who works for you and and get you the help you need.
0: I wanted to uh, ask you about why did you decide to to don the uh, figurative yellow t shirt the the are you okay yellow and black colours and and Flynn's walk. <laughs> Similarly, wear um, where yellow and black for a slightly different reason to do with the, the Richmond Football Club. But um, what what ultimately drove you to to join and and when did you join and and do you look back and think? Geez, I'm glad I did.
2: Oh, so to answer that last question, yes, super glad I did. Um, it's been an amazing journey working with the RUAK team and meeting people like yourself and keeping touch or in uh, giving a contact, you know, each and every year. Um, how the journey for myself came with RUAK was I was based at um, Cheltenham and um, in a particular month we had lost 13 people to suicide and... It was actually coming up to Australia's Biggest Morning Tea. And I just thought, look, and the reality is no one wants to sit in a funeral home. So the reality was I thought, well, let's go out to the community and we'll put, you know, $500 over the coffee shop bar. And one morning prior to everyone going to work, we'd um, give you a free coffee and cake and you just had to answer the are question. You know, are Yes, no. Um, here's your free coffee and muffin. And we thought it was just going to be something that simple, um, where people go, Yeah, I'm okay. See you later. Thanks for the coffee. Ciao. Um, but the reality was, after losing all these people in uh, Cheltenham um, and then doing this campaign on the street, people were brutally honest. And they were willing to share their experiences with us. Complete stranger. Life is shit. Life is hard. I'm dropping the kids off got no money. I've just broken up with my wife or husband. I can't pay the rent. They were brutally honest. And that's when the light bulb moment for myself, you know, went on. Um, Because these people are willing to share their issues and struggles in life. And this is like at 7.30, quarter to 8 in the morning when everyone's, you know, got their suits, bags, running around like a madman, but are willing to spend five minutes because someone's willing to listen.
1: I mean, that shows you how, how sort of easy it is for someone to open up when someone else is willing to listen.
2: Correct. In that five minutes it took to make the coffee, they were willing to stand there and be brutally honest about how tough life is. People from all walks of life. And that goes back to what I was originally saying, that it doesn't discriminate. Everyone's struggling. Everyone's trying to put on a, it's great to have a happy face. But look, at the end of the day, what goes up must come down. You can't always be happy and life can't always be perfect. And you've got to go on the roller coaster ride a block.
0: And so from there, you joined. And do you remember your first talk with Are You OK?
2: Yes. My first um, talk was, believe it or not, with a uh, bank. At this particular bank, they were in the CBD of Melbourne and they had lost um, a couple of people to suicide in the organisation. Um, And so when I went and did the presentation, um, all these people in suits were in their lunchroom sitting down and it was very nerve-wracking for myself because it was the first time I did the RUAK presentation. But it was nice um, because after that presentation, once again, when you're honest and just giving us feedback and just promoting the cause, people were just, you know, happy to come up and chat afterwards, saying how great the presentation was.
0: Awesome. So immediate impact. Absolutely. Massive impact.
2: Because I suppose, look, at the end of the day, um, look, we all have ups and downs. We all struggle at times. Um, And it's just about sharing those experiences and remembering and to remind people that, you know, um, there's help out there and you're loved, you're supported, um, and you're not alone in this.
0: Yeah, well said. When it all boils down, what do you love most about the "Are You Okay?" message?
2: What I love about "Are You Okay?" It is such a simple um, campaign. What I want to say, campaign is a simple message: trust your gut. Ask, "Are you okay?" And don't feel embarrassed if they're um, they are okay. Just trust your gut because your gut is telling you to reach out, and it's, it's the biggest thing that I love about um, are you okay? Your gut is never wrong and you need to trust your gut. And that's when you need to reach out and ask, are you okay? That's what I love about the are you okay um, formula. But in terms of the actual organization, it's and I'm not saying that because I'm on this podcast, it's about becoming involved in the local community. And it's about new friends, family, organizations, because at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, well said. And I think when I, when I met Catherine, we were talking about all different stuff, how we started Flynn's walk and where we want to take it and what we want to do. And, you know, we're excited that we might be able to grow this to something bigger with time, but we are also acknowledged that we're only a few people, but we can start, start something. And even just seeing Kathy sign up who studied with Flynn and becoming an ambassador to me is like, boom, was it like I was blown away that we we've had that sort of impact already. Um, and today she's actually talking to her old uni faculty. So how amazing is that for a full loop closure? She's gone back to uni to talk to the next lot of students coming through and she's wearing the yellow T-shirt. It's all—it's over Zoom, but what an incredible step.
2: Yeah, that's the great word. It's a, it's a powerful brand. It's a powerful message. And like you said, she ended up becoming an ambassador. I've just given you a hard time before the podcast, she become an ambassador. But this, that's the point.
0: It's about getting out there, sharing the message. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and the other thing I was going to say was when I when I met Catherine, um, she was talking about how how it's how it's placed in the conversation, actually, like more broadly in society. Are you okay? And that it really is there to be kind of that call to arms and that everyone can buy in. It sits as a saying and something that becomes embedded, which I reckon is just perfect. And the shorthand of it as well is speaks to that young gen. And we know that those young lives are the ones being so heavily impacted suicide as well.
1: Well I think it's also it also means that it doesn't have to be something formalized. That's I like it because it's it's something that can be said face to face but also you can text it to someone. You can Facebook chat you can call them up and ask them are you okay it's it's really such a simple message but it has a powerful has a powerful way of reaching people.
0: It does absolutely well and surely well said. It's are you okay day today. It's the biggest day of the year for Are You Okay, but it is it's very exciting. We can say are you okay any day of the year, and that's ultimately what um, this organisation would love to do. We know it's a busy week, and we know that you've been flat out, and you've probably got more talks to get to today as well. But uh, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for being part of the Flinders Walk family because you've been there since the day that first day when four hundred odd people turned up, and I think I turned to you and said. I didn't plan for this.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Enjoy the rest of today, and thanks for your work spreading the message. Um, and we'll chat really soon. Thanks, guys. Great to have James drop by Flynn's talk, and uh, he's always a pretty honest and open uh, sort of character. James, and and we had him at as we said the the first two walks here in Melbourne, and and we'll definitely have him back when when we're back walking and. I just think that his own perspective on his professional life and what he does, um, he, he sees the saddest part, which is the family's mourning losing people to suicide, and I, I think it's an incredible perspective for us to share. And, and the fact that he's out there spreading the message now for "Are you okay?" in his
1: spare time um, is is to be commended. Mm, yeah, exactly right. It's it was it was really interesting to hear his hear his take on sort of how that affects him as a funeral director and, and the sort of things he sees. Um, but yeah, but while still going out and and giving these talks and spreading the are You U OK? message.
0: And Jez, You U OK? as an informal service have got a lot of resources about how to ask the four steps which um, James took us through lots of stuff for different community sectors as well on there. Um, ways to ask mates at uni kids doing you know, schooling years, all that sort of stuff. There's heaps and heaps of cool resources on there. They've partnered up with the law industry, the rail sector. Um, there's heaps on the website. Jump on ruok.org.au. But if you're looking for something further up that pyramid that James talked about, Jez, there's always help available and there's always hope.
1: There is. Um, seeing as though it is RUOK Day, we should, we should give a really big special mention to RUOK and please go on their website Find out exactly what the four steps are and ask someone it can be absolutely anyone Just ask someone how they're doing ask them if they're all right and check in with them again in a couple of weeks even if they are doing well there's there's nothing wrong with checking in again um, if you do need if you do need a bit more um, involved care there is lifeline um, there's there's the kids' helpline there's headspace if you're under twenty five. Um, and if it is an emergency and you and you don't feel well, then you can call triple zero.
0: That's it. And, and those resources are very important if you feel like you need some help. And they're also incredibly important for someone close to someone who's needing some help or just some guidance on how to ask or what to do for someone that you care about. So even if it's not you experiencing the crisis, you can still call Lifeline. You can still contact Beyond Blue and get some more information uh, that can genuinely change a life
1: yeah, that, or save a life. That's a really great point because a lot of people think Lifeline, Beyond Blue, those sort of the suicide callback service that they're only for if you are feeling suicidal if you're, or if you're going through that crisis, but they can be really helpful for someone who who knows someone who's going through that and just getting some tips and some advice on how to handle the situation. Yeah, exactly right. 131114 is the Lifeline number um, yep. and their website's
0: there as well if you need it. There's even ways to talk to people virtually as well. So you can text um, mm. text the yep. text the helpline as well um, at certain times of the day. Jez, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll see you very soon on the next one.
1: Always a pleasure.